You're listening to the Farmyard Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Farmyard. It's a movement, have you heard? And our Patreon supporters. Episode 1, The CD Story, with host Linda Borgie. Hello, Linda Borgie here from Farmyard. It's a movement, have you heard? How are you this fine day? I hope this is reaching all of your ears in great health and spirits. Today I want to talk about the seed. You know, it's springtime and a lot of people have seeds on their mind, whether they be to grow food, to grow flowers, to grow grass, or whatever. You know, seeds seem to be a topic of discussion, mostly in the spring. So I just want to let you know uh, a little bit of my background, my relationship when it comes to seed. And I'm going to tell you a little story. Okay, so here you go. Here's the story. So way back in another lifetime, when I was in my 30s, and we were going to move to Block Island, Rhode Island, which is a tiny little island off the coast of Rhode Island. It's only seven miles long by three miles wide at its largest point. And I was going to be a farmer and my husband was going to be a builder. And that was our plan. So I proceeded to uh, get every single seed catalog there was available at that time sent to me. Some of them you had to send 10 cents, some of them were free, but I sent away for all of them. And the very first catalog that arrived was from a place called Abundant Life. And I opened the catalog and the very first page was the prayer of St. Francis and you could get that for 10 cents. Well, for me, at that time, that was a sign. So I knew that I didn't need to look at any other catalogs, and I didn't. They all came in, and I gave them all away. And that's where the name of my farm came from on Block Island, from that catalog, Abundant Life, Abundant Life Seed Foundation, out in Port Townsend in the state of Washington. And what has happened since then in these past 30-some-odd years, right, is I have developed a very close relationship with not only the person that was running that not-for-profit many years ago, Tessa Gowans, but also the seed itself. Tessa gave me an education insofar as seed was concerned and why it was so important to save seed She was the one that told me about this company, Monsanto, and that this company wanted to be the sole supplier of food for the planet. So she was the steward of the seed. They they had a farm there and they grew the seed. And then what would happen is if you were in need of seed, no matter where you were, didn't make a difference if you're in this country or in another country. You would write to them or contact them 
and ask for seed, and the World Seed Fund would send seed to you. And I was a big part of the World Seed Fund. And it really got me connected to the word awe. Yep. Because if I take the seed of a basil, right, a basil seed, and put that in the crux of my hand, just one of them, right, one teenier, weener, tiny, little, itty-bitty ball, right? And then I think about what will manifest from this tiny little ball, that's in the crux of my hand. It is awe-inspiring. Yeah? And very early on, I was given that respect for the seed. So now we fast forward to today. And, I mean, it's really, really different that it was 30 years ago. Today, you have to be extremely important about the the seed that you choose. Some of the qualities that you want in the seed that you choose is that they are heirloom varieties. And heirloom varieties mean that they've been growing for more than 50 years. That's an heirloom, yeah? And those varieties were hybridized, meaning they are hybrids, but they were done by the farmer to make the plant stronger, you know, more compost, whatever. It was those types of actions that kept that plant going. Like I'll give you the name of one hybrid tomato plant. And it was called the mortgage, oh gosh, the mortgage payer tomato. Oh, it's slipping my mind. But it was someone uh, during the Depression and he grew a tomato plants and he sold them for a dollar and he paid off his mortgage. (laughs) Growing food and earning money. Yeah, we had those kind of skills way back then. Way back then. I don't know how way back it is, but it definitely wasn't yesterday, right? So now we're in this situation. We're in a situation that we want to make sure that our our seeds are heirloom varieties and that they have been grown organically with a conscience. And uh, for the show notes of this podcast, I'll give you some links to some places that you could go and check out, places where I have uh, gotten my seed consistently over the years. I am a biodynamic farmer, and that is the study of Dr. Rudolf Steiner. So I seek out biodynamically grown seeds. And that's Turtle Tree Initiative. Yep. Yep, Baruni. So, but heirloom and organic and biodynamic, you know, either way, those are the types of seeds that you want to seek out. And generally, 
You don't want to get them from large companies that sell the poison seeds, you know, the the seeds that aren't like the best to grow food with. So anyway, I will give you uh, links to that in the show notes. But I, the reason why I have seeds on my mind, beside the fact that it's springtime and things are starting to pop a little bit here in Beaufort, South Carolina, my nasturtiums are blooming. They're so pretty and so delicious. I'll save some of them. I'll let some of those flowers set seed and then they'll drop and grow again. You know, it all starts with the seed and with the soil. It's that relationship that feeds us. And that's what that is. To dance the seed and the soil. You know, when I put, uh, when I put in a bed of pea shoots, dwarfed gray pea shoots, right? I can hardly wait for them to start to wiggle. Every morning I'll go out and I'll check it out, you know, because when they very first start to wiggle up from that ground, you know, from that soil, they are strong. They push and they prod and they point themselves to the sun. It's really, I swear, you could do time-lapse photography um, the pea shoots, but there's those three days, three to four days, you know, after you've put them in the ground, you've planted them in the earth, and then there's three to four days before they start to wiggle, right? That's the time that the seeds are having the relationship with the soil, with the earth beneath our feet. About 10 days ago, I, uh, I, purchased a viewing of a movie that I've been waiting to come out, a documentary that's called Seed, The Untold Story. And what I would like to do right now is to read you the notes that I took from that documentary. And I do recommend, highly recommend, that you seek this movie out and that you watch it. I think it was $5 for five days. Very inexpensive. Okay, so here are my observation of the movie Seed, the untold story. Genetic diversity is the hedge between us and global famine. We have lost 94% of our vegetable seed varieties in the 20th century. The last study to count the United States seed diversity was conducted in 1983. There were 544 cabbage varieties, 28 remain. There were 158 cauliflower, 9 remain. 55 kohlrabi, three remain. 35 artichoke, two remain. 288 variety of beets, 17 remain. 46 of asparagus, one variety remains. 
In peppers, we've lost 90%. Corn, 96%. Celery, 98% lost. Onions, 94%. Radishes, 94%. Watermelon, 91% lost. Cucumbers, 94%. Eggplant, 91%. Carrot, carrots, 93% lost. We have the largest seed shortage in history. Seeds are living embryos. They do have a lifespan. And if you think about a crime against humanity, blow up a seed bank. It's an immediate target to weaken the country. When we invaded Iraq, we destroyed that seed bank, we destroyed that garden, and we destroyed that repository of the great ancient seeds that have been collected by the government for the benefit of mankind. During World War II, Hitler was determined to destroy the seed bank in St. Petersburg. The people associated with the seed bank held themselves up in the building without food and water to keep those seeds safe while the missiles were landing all around them. In 2006, a major seed bank was destroyed by a typhoon in the Philippines before it was backed up. Let's see. Seeds are so crafty. It's a life force so strong. I see it as a doorway between the life of the old plant and its gift to the new plant. Our teachers are the plants. Seeds are a form of reincarnation. I see it as a time capsule. It's preserving things from the past, but it's also bringing things for the future. In the 1890s, over one billion packets of seed were distributed by the government, free to farmers around the country. By 1920, the federal government seed program would cease. Hybrid corn was the atom bomb of agriculture. The Green Revolution was the revolution of agrochemicals and genetically modified seed. 90% of the seed we grow for food is owned by chemical companies. And I'm going to repeat that. 90% of the seed we grow for food is owned by chemical companies. Pesticide and pharmaceutical companies. We use 80 million pounds of atrazine each year in the United States. Atrazine is 
demasculizing frogs and fish. Atrazine leads to breast cancer. It's associated with miscarriages and birth defects. We didn't learn our lesson way back then. With DDT running over and over and over 1.4 million pounds of Roundup sprayed around the world each year. giving back to the land because the land gives back to us. In 1992, genetically modified crops were approved by Michael Taylor, who was an attorney from Monsanto and went right from Monsanto to the work, to work for the gov, excuse me, to work for the government. Tom Vilisak's law firm defended Monsanto in the Supreme Court, and then he became the Secretary of Agriculture. The revolving door between Monsanto and the government is dizzying. When the corporations wanted to patent life, it was fast-tracked to the Supreme Court with a five-to-four decision, and Clarence Thomas being the deciding vote, voting yes. Very few people know that Clarence Thomas was a Monsanto lawyer. In the United States, GMOs are in as as much as 80% of conventional processed food. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube when a company as powerful as Monsanto enters a country it begins to affect the country's decision making Henry Kissinger said if you want to control a country control the oil if you want to control the if you want to control the people control the senate if you want to control the food control the seed. If you want to control the food, control the seed. It is estimated that 20,000 seed companies have been bought by large corporations. 16 million seed companies can only sell Monsanto seed. You have established a seed dictatorship. Salmon will not be able to be resurrected because all salmon in the past seed would be there. I'm, I'm not sure what that note is referring to, sorry. Famine, it's, it's referring to famine. Oh, here it is. Famine will not be able to be resurrected because all famine in the past, the seed would be there. This time's famine will be based on a seed famine. What the fair trade has given us instead of by the farmer for the farmer, it's now by the corporation, for the corporation. 
when NAFTA was introduced into Mexico, the United States began exporting corn into Mexico that was below the production cost of the Mexican farmers, forcing a couple of million farmers off their land. A lot of corn was loaded with transgenics. We are destroying the basis of of the world's agriculture. Jack and the Beanstalk was a real story. Could you imagine trading your horse and your trowel and your pig for a handful of seeds? Seems silly, right? But when you think of it, what you have in your hand is a self-replicating and it's endless. We should treat all and everything we have for a handful of beans. So there you go. We should trade everything we have for a handful of beans. Well, when you think about it, slice open a tomato, right? And there's a whole mess of seeds in there. So from that one tomato, how many plants do you have? Like a gazillion, but only if they're heirloom seeds. Because if they've been hybridized, chances are the seed may be sterile. And chances are they were crossed with something other than a tomato, so you're not guaranteed of a pure breed, only if it's been growing for the past 50 years. Can it be declared an heirloom? And then you can start to save your seed right? Your tomato seed. You can start this process. You can develop a relationship. And I'm going to use the term intimate because that's how I feel. That's what I feel it should be. An intimate relationship with the seed. Because after all, my dear ones, This is what is keeping us alive in a very vibrant, healthy, happy, harmonious state. Yep, a Rooney. When we eat that food, when we eat food that is grown from seeds that are not genetically engineered, that do not have the DNA of another entity shot into the DNA of itself, right? That's when our bodies can function on a very high level. Physically. I know that. I'm 62. And I could dig a bed. And I could harvest my, I could harvest my beds and I can go to market. Yep. And I know you can too. So 
Another thing that I've learned over the years, and you could try this as well, is this was called a Paralandra garden. I'll get you the link to that too. So you take the seeds and, okay, so you're farming, but there's a section of the farm that you're going to grow food just for you, just for you. So you're going to take that seed of whatever it is, let's say basil, and you're going to put it in your mouth and you're going to hold it there, like in between your lip and your gum. You'll hold it there for about 20 minutes. That's what was recommended. And then after that, you will plant those seeds. Now, what it's said to do is it is picking up from your DNA exactly what your body needs. So that particular plant is going to grow very synchronistic, synchronistically <laughs> with you and your body. And I've done that. I've done that with, uh, with certain crops because really I don't have to know how something works in order for it to work. Kind of like gravity, right? Story about gravity is, if I stand in front of a full-length mirror, naked, I know gravity exists. But I'm not a physicist. I know nothing about gravity. I don't think about it at all. Not even when something falls. I don't say, oh, there's that darn gravity again. Well, it's the same thing with other systems as well. So, if it doesn't um, cost you anything and it, it doesn't really trouble you much, so put those seeds in between your your uh, lip and your gum, uh, uh, your gum and your uh, lip or your cheek, you know, and let it uh, absorb the information from your DNA to its DNA. Because luck, let's go back to that teener weener weener little ball in the crux of our hand. The basil seed, right? Now just look at it. Imagine it's just there, just one of them. Look at it. How does it get so big? How out of that tiny little ball does all that green come? So we don't have to know exactly how it happens in order for it to happen because it will and there are forces behind the scenes that we're not, you know, entitled to see it or entitled to feel. So until we start to develop intimate relationships with things like tiny little seeds and the earth beneath our feet and the relationship that both of them have and the relationship and the honor and respect that we have for what these seeds are going to give us. It's so giving. So please do go ahead and uh, do a little Google, 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 Google it up for the movie Seed, The Untold Story, and you can even host a um, screening. And I'm intending to do that here at the Tidal Marsh Inn in Beaufort, South Carolina, 
where Farmer Yard, it's a movement, have you heard, is located. Yeah, this is our, this is our broadcasting base. All right, everyone, hope you enjoyed this, um, this podcast, and that's all for now, Brown Cow, and I will see you on the flip side. And until then, you go farm your yard. Next on the Farm Yard Podcast, Linda Borgie interviews Abigail Porter from the Josephine Porter Institute for Applied Biodynamics. This podcast is community supported. We thank everyone for tuning in and a special thank you goes out to all our Patreon sponsors. If you enjoy our content, please subscribe and share. You can help support us through Farmyard, all one word, on patreon.com.